0: Ted Audio Collective. I'm Anoush Samarodi. This is Zigzag Chapter Nine, and if you're new to the podcast, woohoo! We're so glad you're here. You might want to go back and binge the whole series. It's great for a long car ride, and that's what a lot of people have been telling us they're doing, which makes us so darn delighted. Because technically, Zigzag is a narrative podcast, and the chapters go in order. But hey, you listen however you want to listen. And here is what is going on in this episode. Civil, that crypto journalism experiment that we've been documenting all along, hits a speed bump. We've got an update. And we've been getting a stream of emails from you listeners about an issue that affects us all, but that people haven't been talking about much recently. You've been thinking about it. We'll be back in a sec. All right, folks, we've got a big old zag for you uh, (laughs) in this episode. You'll remember that Civil was supposed to start the sale of its cryptocurrency, the Civil token, on August 13th, 2018. Um, And you're going to hear it here first. Civil has decided to postpone the sale of those 34 million tokens until September 18th, over a month later. We're going to get to why in a sec. Because there's another important detail that we need to update you on. CIVIL has also decided to lower the maximum amount that they will accept for a CIVIL token. So in economics, that's called the hard cap. Originally, CIVIL had set its hard cap at $32 million or 94 cents a token. Today, they're lowering that cap to $24 million or 70 cents per token. Okay, and here comes the why. We talked to the CEO of Civil Media, Matthew Isles, and he says that there are two reasons. And the first is because they want regular people, people like you, who may never have had anything to do with blockchain or crypto to join in. And to get more regular people to do that, they feel that they need to give them more time to learn about the vision behind Civil and how these tokens will allegedly work. As you heard in the last chapter, Chapter 8, just registering to buy these Civil tokens is not an easy process. Okay, and the second reason why Civil lowered its hard cap, well, they say that, frankly, they didn't think they'd hit their original goal of getting $32 million for the 34 million tokens they're putting on sale. Regular folks aren't going to put a ton of money into this if it's their first exploration on blockchain. And so Civil wants to be more realistic, lower the cap to 24 million, and they're more likely to succeed to reach their lower goal. Civil says these are the measures they feel they now need to take to become the first-ever consumer-friendly token-curated registry using blockchain technology. Damn, that's a mouthful. Will these additional steps bring in enough civic-minded people who want to buy tokens and start newsrooms and vote and be active on the platform? We don't know. Will the TCR token-curated registry... Will it work if there aren't a ton of regular folks deeply engaging or voting with their tokens? We don't know. Will this all help save journalism? Also don't know. So what does this mean for you? Well, if you're listening and learning about new kinds of technology and how the world is changing and you're finding the show entertaining as well as educational, well, that is our goal. But if you've decided you are going to join this experiment, Do read more about the process. Learn about the civil constitution, all of it. We will put links on zigzagpod.com. And no matter what happens, it's going to be fascinating to see how this project plays out, whether you're a part of it or not. And with that, let's do Zigzag Token Question Time with Manoush and Jen. Hi, Jen. Hello, Manoush. All right. This one comes from Michael. And Michael asks, um, how is this platform any different than crowdfunding capital by selling shares of stock? Uh, But in place of stock, you get tokens, which gives you a very similar rights to what a shareholder would have. And then Michael adds a little pep talk. He says, keep up the good fight. I recently sold my business and I'm on a journey of my own to find out what my next thing will be. So I find your gumption inspiring. I like that word. Oh, thanks, Michael. Gumption. Uh... I think this is key. This is crucial. Because if people think that it's about becoming a shareholder, uh, that could invite... um, Speculation. Yeah. The question is whether or not this is first and foremost an investment, I think. Yes. Versus whether there's a utility to the whole process of voting and governing a journalistic platform. So I think that there's a big difference there between... Yes, having some voting shares potentially and how this platform is run Mm. versus it being tied really specifically to uh, how the value of those tokens rise and fall. Okay, and to read civil's, uh, you know, official disclaimer. Here's the answer, Michael. Important distinction here, civil writes us. We're explicitly seeking consumers and users who want to purchase tokens to participate in the network, to play the civil game in more plain English. Possessing tokens will incentivize you to make rational decisions that promote the network's growth and ensure a high-quality filter is maintained, but we're selling civil as a consumer token, meaning we are explicitly seeking to avoid selling this to investors or speculators, and we reserve the right to screen those who do fit that bill out of the purchasing process." People – I love this part. This is Matt Coolidge from Civil writing this. People may roll their eyes when we talk about the importance of being staked into the network via civil tokens, but it really will make a tremendous difference in their willingness to act, Um, for example, to apply to launch a newsroom or challenge questionable newsrooms or vote on challenges or propose amendments to the Constitution, etc., and then Matt says, actually, that he had an interesting back and forth with um, someone I love this on these lines earlier. And he came back with a quote, which I think totally sums up the incentive angle, he writes. Uh, this is a, a quote from Goethe. <laughs> but did the listener or the not the listener, the reader to he wrote, the, yes send the, this back to him? The reader this wrote is back amazing. this quote, a Goethe quote that says, whatever you think you can do or believe you can, begin it. Action has magic, grace, and power in it. Love me some Goethe. Okay, coming up, second half of the show, something completely different. We'll be right back. It's ZigZag. We're back. Uh, Something sort of token-related, but in a very different way. It's another zigzag topic that we haven't really mentioned in the last couple episodes. Women. I just kind of wanted to take a moment to mark that it's been about nine months since the Me Too movement sparked nine months. That is of course a lovely symbolic amount of time for us human beings. And every month or so there's another headline, most recently, about Les Moonbez and CBS. But frankly, the Me Too thing has not really been top of mind for most people these days. That's what folks on a hot day in New York told our intern Jordan. Um, not at all. It seems to have died down once, uh, whatever that guy's name is again. Harvey Weinstein? That's correct. I read something recently, but I forgot it. Uh, I haven't heard about a lot of it in the last month. Um, it was more around, was it the Grammys or the Emmys? Oh, a lot less so. I mean, it's, you know, it's crisis replaced by crisis. Okay, so maybe most people haven't been thinking about Me Too most of the time. But for sure, Jen and I have. And so have many of you, you've told us. Just like us, for many of you, it wasn't necessarily that you had directly experienced an incident of sexual harassment or assault. It's that the Me Too moment was kind of an awakening for you. It was something that you felt forced you to make a change in your life or a choice. It changed the way you saw your world and it forced you to act. Here's what you've said. Three and a half months ago, I quit my job. I quit my job, a stable job, basically for the same reasons that you quit yours. The job I had before was a total boys club. I've decided to go and start my own business. It was high time I left to start my own thing. It really kind of shook my foundations when you start to realize like, oh man, like these people around me who are imbued with some sense of authority and expertise, you know, maybe they come by it honestly, but also so do I. We have heard from all kinds of women journalists, yes, but also lawyers, psychologists, professors, startup folks, women in tech, women in health, an ecologist trying to get into artificial intelligence, a deep sea fisherwoman starting her own company, women right out of school, women in their 70s and 80s, those who left their jobs last week, those who jumped a decade ago. And what did they all have in common? Raw honesty. Not one woman has told us that it's been easy. Hearing that first episode of yours, I recognized my own energy, my own positivity, and my own confidence. But that confidence has kind of started to break down. Two months in and I feel like I've been tossed off a burning train and now I'm alone in the wilderness. In part, what I'm going through is struggling with how to be a good wife while also being the primary breadwinner. It's just really scary, and uh, it feels like something I need to do. Weak. That is what you get called when you're a woman and you show vulnerability. It's never going to be the same for women starting businesses. These systems are so hard to get into if you've not grown up for generations with access to them. Zigzag is an appropriate way to put it. It's an exciting and bumpy road for sure. So from one tired mom to two other tired moms, thank you. And keep fighting the good fight. And I will too. These emails have made us cry more than once. We are so grateful for your compassion, your kindness, your advice. And I just want to read you one email that made us particularly weepy. Dear Jen and Manoush, since you two have been willing to be so transparent and vulnerable about your experience into startup blockchain women entrepreneur land, I thought I'd join what I imagine are countless listeners in doing the same for you about the listener experience. I was excited to find ZigZag because I was wondering what was going on with Note to Self, that was our previous podcast, which had taught me so much and captured my loyalty I thought Zigzag would just be note-to-self under a different name, and I realized pretty quickly that I was mistaken. I'm struggling to find the right words to explain what I mean here. It's not just that the tech focus was somewhat different and that there was more behind-the-scenes information about how and why the podcast had come to exist. It was that I felt almost scared listening to Zigzag. I know, you two are thinking, what's so scary about Jen and Manoush? But I was scared for you two. You were and are being so raw, open, and vulnerable. And you were letting all the men in the tech and startup world hear you be that way. And I felt so worried that if you had setbacks, there would be a whole Reddit army of asshole men going their own way, ready to tear you to shreds, and that they would somehow find a way to use anything that might happen to you to tear all women to shreds. That hasn't happened yet, by the way, I'm happy to say. But it was also more than that. I realized that by episode two, what was really scaring me was this. Even though you two are in a different industry and career stage than my own, the fears and challenges you were describing are painfully familiar to me. And by talking about them, you were kind of forcing me to look my own fears dead in the eye. Not just in a frenzied, unconscious, self-absorbed way, but also in a broader systemic way, as in, this shit is real discrimination." We women have to face these disproportionately steeper challenges no matter how we may have been gaslighted into believing that our country and economy have always given us a fair shot since the women's liberation movement. And if we feel ourselves struggling or not getting the praise and attention men get for equal or even lesser work, it's somehow a personal failing on our part. I think if I had known what zigzag would be about, I might not have dared to listen to it. It's forcing me to think in a more conscious way about some pretty reptilian fear responses I've been having the past seven months on my own career journey. And it's also giving me insight into what possibilities might exist for me as an adventurous woman as I get farther along on my career path. I'm listening on the edge of my seat and taking notes. What are Jen and Manuch learning? I wish you both the best of luck on this new journey of yours and will continue following this and any future journeys you might embark on. I certainly won't give up on you as a listener if you happen to struggle on this first try at something so brave and big. If anything, I'll love your bravery more for the way you might dust yourselves off and defiantly keep going if you encounter setbacks. I love your strong, positive, brave friendship and business partnership with each other, and I'm grateful that you're letting us listen to how it develops. Most sincerely, Loretta. Oh, Loretta. Thank you so much for writing this beautiful email to us. I left out the very intense personal story that you also shared, but thank you for telling us that too. But I guess, listeners, I just want to take a moment here in Episode 9 to say... We're all figuring this out, no matter our gender, or whether you're listening for the female entrepreneurship angle, or you're psyched to learn about blockchain, or maybe you really care about journalism, all these things are intertwined. And I guess I just wanted to remind myself of how I got to be in this crazy incredible moment, experimenting with and in front of you all. It was thanks to a big societal shift that happened nine months ago that gave me and Jen and many of you courage. But society's growing pains are gonna go on for a while yet. And on that note, I just wanna read you one final email, which is just a reminder that we have to laugh and not take ourselves too seriously, even when other people do. Okay, here goes Dear minutian and Jen, Please, please, please stop giggling and acting like embarrassed junior high girls every time the vocabulary or abstraction level goes beyond a seventh grade level. You are smart. That's why we listen to the podcast. Act like the intelligent, thoughtful people that you are. You don't know everything. You are in a learning process in a field that is new for all of us. That's fine. That's great. But please stop acting like silly, dumb girls every time things get in-depth or interesting. It's not a good look, and it quickly gets tiresome. Still listening, David. Oh, David. uh, I hope you will continue to listen when I tell you this. All the laughing that Jen and I do, which I guess sounds like giggling to you— It is genuine, and we laugh because we know it's okay not to know everything, that this is a real-time exploration, an investigation into changes that are happening in tech and our culture. And you know what? We don't really care if it's not a good look because it's who we are. And I'm sorry if you find that tiresome, but I, I really do hope you will keep listening and get used to what strong, intelligent women sometimes sound like. We're being real. And maybe you just haven't heard women in such an up-close and transparent, authentic way before. I used the word authentic. I'm sorry about that. I think that the show's new tagline might need to be zigzag, come for the crypto, stay for the female empowerment. We're coming into the home stretch here. There's only three episodes left in season one of Zigzag. Looks like the token sale is gonna have to wait, but Jen and I do need to fill you in on what's going on with our finances. We've also got a couple surprises up our sleeves for the last few shows. And we are starting to plan season two, so you've got a small window of time to let us know what you wanna hear about more about democracy and journalism deep dives into crypto economics more about the creative process I don't know you tell us all of it maybe record a voice memo because you guys sound so damn good or write an email send it to zigzag at stableg.com we're on Twitter and instagram at zigzag pod and by the way for every episode we create a list of articles to go with the show uh, so you can dive deeper. They're on our website at zigzagpod.com. Also, if you go to our website, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and you can sign up for our newsletter. It's free. You get a little note from me, plus other podcast recommendations and informative goodies. Do it. Zigzagpod.com. Oh, and please do keep those ratings on Apple Podcasts going. I mean, they just are so awesome. And I think they actually do work. So, anyway, this episode was produced by me and Jen Poyant. David Herman is our audio engineer and composer. Our other awesome audio engineers are Dan DeZula and Matt Boynton. And our intern is Jordan Lauf. I'm Manoush Samarodi. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Zigzag comes from Stable Genius Productions in partnership with Civil. We are proud members of Radiotopia from PRX. Okay, and so that means it's zigzag token question time with Manoush and Jen. Hello, Jen. Sorry. <laughs> There's our kicker. Ah. <laughs> uh.